Welcome to today's episode of the Causey Consulting Podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Causey, and I'm also the owner of Causey Consulting, which you can find online anytime at CauseyConsultingLLC.com. I'm very happy to welcome my guest today, Brian Sikansky. For the longest time, Brian had a problem. The voice of social doubt throbbed in his head like a screaming newborn baby. It robbed him of the opportunity to meet so many people and engage them in conversation. What changed for him was learning that he was not alone. Funny enough, in listening to a few podcasts, he started hearing the stories of others being held back by the limiting voices in their head. It led him to a long line of helpful books and hiring a series of coaches, which changed everything for him. He left a career on Wall Street that he never enjoyed and finally discovered the life that he always wanted. That path pointed him towards a career in direct response copywriting, a field where he helps personal development coaches connect with their dream clients online so that they can experience the same breakthroughs that he did. First off, welcome, welcome, Brian. I'm so glad that you're here. Yeah, thanks for having me on, there. Awesome. So I'll pull the curtain back a little bit. Um, Brian was kind enough to help me with the pronunciation of his name. Um, some of you who know me, particularly in real life, uh, off LinkedIn, off this podcast, know Yagavaru Paruski, Itak Yahachuskazat, Brian Chikansky. Um, but fortunately, Brian was able to coach me through it like, no, it's Sa can ski. So uh, if, if anybody sees his name in print and you're wondering what's the official scoop on that, Brian Sakansky. <laughs> and if I can say it, then you can. So Brian, I, I would love to know more about your Wall Street days. I think especially after the popularity of the Wolf of Wall Street, did people hear, oh, this guy worked on Wall Street and they picture you throwing $100 bills out the window and uh, having a, a glorious time. But tell us what you were doing and what your life was like at that point. Yeah, I guess it wasn't uh, wasn't as movie like as as that, but I I certainly had a very good career. I, I guess I really got into it as uh, you know, kind of coming out of college. I was very much an introvert, and I always ver- viewed kind of being an introvert as something that I had to get over. So mm. when I came out of school, I always viewed it you know like what is the one thing that could make me the most uncomfortable and kind of get over this uh, introvert. Um, thing is like let me go into direct sales and let me have to talk every single day and let me have to present. Uh, and that's really, you know, what it became is like through practice and, and everything else. Not that I, you know, kind of got over my introvertness, um, but uh, I kind of just was able to kind of, um, you know, get in certain settings and, and show my more extroverted side. And, um, it, you know, it was a uh, good practice and certainly there was more, lots of uncomfortable moments. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, at the end of it, I did pretty well by just, uh, I think, you know, by kind of showing the strengths of me being an introvert, of, of kind of being out there, kind of understanding the audience, uh, doing a little bit more listening uh, in certain meetings versus versus talking and uh, really trying to get, you know, building those deep relationships with, with some of my clients that really uh, proved to be beneficial, uh, especially in kind of the ups and downs of markets that we had, particularly over the last decade uh, that I worked in that, you know, some of those, um, you know, just putting in the effort to uh, kind of get to know people on a deeper level. 
uh, was certainly important. And, you know, for me, it was, uh, you know, the day to day was kind of selling uh, investments that were kind of a little bit more retirement oriented. So selling to pension plans, selling to individual um, uh, investors that were looking to, uh, you know, continue to invest uh, towards that retirement date or, uh, you know, or allow these uh, retirement plans to, um, you know, get higher and higher returns uh, to meet their uh, benchmarks that they're looking for. So that was kind of the day-to-day is kind of representing a series of investments and, um, you know, trying to grow that book, but also kind of defending that over time. Mm-hmm. And not throwing $100 bills out the window. <laughs> Unfortunately not. Yeah. I mean, we we wanted to kind of collect and, and um, preserve as many hundreds as possible for our clients. So it wasn't, uh, it wasn't um, Wolf of Wall Street-like <laughs> uh, in, that, in that nature. But yeah, I, I certainly did well over that period by just kind of hitting my sales targets and as much as possible trying to, um, uh, you know, get my clients into the best investments that would uh, get them returns. Mm-hmm. So what was your breaking point? What was that moment or that experience that made you say, you know what, I, I just cannot do this anymore? I think after a while, I kind of just, I kind of lost the passion uh, into it. Like the, the things that I was selling, I didn't directly, um, you know, if anybody asked me, would you have these investments in your portfolio? Uh, I couldn't, you know, nobody, unfortunately, nobody really asked that uh, to me. But uh, my honest answer was I just, I I didn't fully believe in, in what I was doing and, and what I was selling. Uh, and after a while, that kind of just, um, it took a toll on me. It was kind of a, a compounding effect where you kind of go out there, speak passionately about products. And as I got to, uh, as I got to know the competitive landscape, uh, and things like that, uh, you can just see that there was other choices that are out there, you know, whether it was passive products or active products where, um, you, I kind of just knew sitting in the meetings that I was, I was pitching my product as the best, but, um, you know, I, I didn't feel the, the full confidence behind that. And it was just something that, you know, uh, after a while, just, you know, I, I knew there was a, a better way to do, not a better way or, or a better, uh, landing spot for me to, to kind of bring forth my passions, help people in a positive way, uh, and not have that kind of conflict between, you know, what, what my products were and, and what was out there. Mm-hmm. So why copywriting? What what got you interested in that field? And then from there, how did you hone in on coaches in particular? Yeah, so for me, it was kind of a, it was kind of a long road of figuring out like what's what's next for me. So it probably took me four or five years of trying to get into you know various different areas of thinking. Okay, if I'm going to make a complete career shift uh, at this point, you know, at the same token, I'd I had one kid and I had another kid on the way, so. My wife was, uh, you know, looking at me and saying, "Let's not make a complete uh, 180. <laughs> let's let's try and use those sales skills that you have, marketing skills that you have." So it was kind of trying out a very a, a series of different things that were out there. I think what got me into copywriting initially was kind of running Facebook ads for for local companies um, very early on, a couple of years ago, and and seeing, um, you know, just how much uh, that kind of online marketplace, that online presence, is so important. So. It was kind of early days of, of people thinking about, you know, uh, going out there and and starting that relationship with people uh, online, and they just had no no idea how to do that. So as I kind of dug in a little bit more, um, and and kind of showed business uh, owners how to kind of step away from that in-person, face to face conversation with their uh, with their clients or, or potential clients. How can we do that in a way online that is is very authentic, kind of speaks to their voice. Uh, but still has the same level of success. And 
how can we get you, you know, new business in the door? So it was just kind of a very different um, environment and, uh, and different techniques. And as I dug in more and more um, uh, into that, that's kind of where I discovered copywriting, was, which is kind of the, the, the foundation for a lot of online marketing is really what, what is your message that you're going out to your uh, audience with? Uh, you know, who are those people that you're trying to serve? Um, and, and, you know, how are we kind of building that relationship with people over time? So there's so many strategies that are potentially out there. Um, that's the thing about the internet is there's uh, so many things that business owners can do. Uh, it's kind of really honing in on to, you know, who, who are we trying to uh, build a relationship with? You know, what's that message? You know, what is that language that they're speaking in terms of their words and phrases? Uh, and then how can we build that relationship with them over time? Because, Certain people aren't going to be ready to, uh, you know, buy from you right away. They mm-hmm. might need a little bit more time. Um, so how can we kind of nurture them over over time so that you're top of mind with them? So when the moment is right, they're ready to uh, buy from you or, or hire you uh, in that uh, framework. And then, you know, as I got into coaches, I did, uh, you know, I did a lot of work with uh, e-commerce uh, companies as well, like selling products. I think one of the things that really resonated with me in terms of coaches is, you're really kind of selling a, perp- uh, a a person and kind of the process behind that, which mm-hmm. I I find to be very rewarding um, versus like a, an e-commerce or a product where you're kind of just selling uh, a single thing or more of a commodity, whereas a, a person obviously has its unique process, some some unique things that are out there. I just find uh, really rewarding and then just a positive impact for me. I'm helping coaches go out there and make you make positive change. Um, with their prospects and clients and, and making, again, kind of the same breakthroughs that I went through, like getting over those limiting beliefs, get to that, that life that they're really uh, looking for. So me sitting here, I can, I can see that positive impact that I'm, that I'm seeing every day because you know, I'm, I'm seeing it in the testimonials. I'm seeing it uh, in talking to some of their clients that uh, they're not just, you know, providing a service. They're providing something that really allows people to get out of their own way and, and, um, uh, generally find that life that they're always looking for. Mm-hmm. Well, that's terrific. And I really, I like something that you touched on about transferable skills because there will be a lot of people who, you know, as cities are opening back up, some people are being pressured to go back to the office already and kind of resisting that idea. They've gotten accustomed to being at home. And so I think as people take the entrepreneurial plunge or as people listening to this or thinking about opening their own coaching business, it is so important to be able to look at the skills that you already have, the things that you already know how to do and how those can sort of transmogrify from one industry to another. I mean, in your case, it it helped you to make the shift from being on Wall Street to being a successful copywriter. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things like the the word, you know, the words imposter syndrome was, was something that I didn't know before becoming an entrepreneur. Like yeah. the feeling inside of you that was just like, are you really ready for this or, or things like that? And it's kind of just like looking at it and having confidence and, and kind of going out there to the market. One of the things that kind of has helped me is, is kind of having those conversations with people like, um, you know, kind of realizing that the knowledge that you do have is, is a lot greater than mm-hmm. what you think it is. Like, you know, I, I know initially when I first started out as a copywriter, I, I thought it, I wasn't sure where I kind of started out. I knew I wasn't starting at zero. I knew I wasn't, you know, kind of an A-list copywriter, but you know, I kind of found my footing along the way by just going out there and having conversations with people and seeing how some of the things that I thought that were just kind of like little, you know, uh, tip, you know, like little tips and, and, um, things that I was putting out there, like how much of a breakthrough that was for certain people. Like 
something that I would kind of just skip over. People are just like, hold on, let's go back to that. That's, mm-hmm. that's you know, a needle mover for me. Um, so it really was kind of just, you know, kind of demonstrating the expertise that I did have and like seeing, you know, having those face-to-face conversations, you know, right now those Zoom conversations where um, you're just seeing the other side and how much your expertise is a little bit higher than, than the rest of the mm-hmm. world. I think, you know, everybody can kind of find that in, in one area of their life where they can, they can, they've done a little bit more work than others. Uh, and, and that's really all that takes is, is, you know, a little bit more than the person you're having a conversation with. And if you can bring them up to your level, that's, that's going to be something that you can, you know, run a business on or have expertise on or make that job switch, uh, if you're looking for it. So don't kind of underestimate the, the perspective that you have, but also the skills and knowledge that you've developed uh, over time. Mm-hmm. What are some of the most common mistakes that you see? I mean, you're you're out in real time in the market talking to people that you serve. What are the most common mistakes that you're seeing as it relates to sales copy or copywriting? Yeah, I think generally with coaches and businesses, they they all try and uh, target as many you know like the broader audience as much as possible because mm-hmm. they think that they're missing opportunities if their audience isn't um, you know uh, this mass audience. Uh, but that's really where I spend a good deal of my time and sitting down with clients is, and, and coaches is like who do we specifically want to work with and, and you know to kind of take away that uh, assumption that um, you know you're not going to be able to get clients. I, I kind of sit down with them and say. You know, that, that problem of you getting clients is something that I can solve for you. So let's actually focus on those people that you want to work with the most. It might be in looking at your past clients, like who are those type of people in terms of characteristics, personality, and it kind of goes beyond, you know, demographics mm-hmm. and, and to more of those people. Like who, who are those people that have generally, you know, light up your environment where you really enjoyed working with them and how can we get similar people, uh, just like them? And then, you know, in your sales copy, that's, that's where it's really important is you're really speaking kind of their language. And, uh, that's kind of how it, um, you know, comes out is, you know, everybody, you know, within the U.S. is kind of speaking the English language, but different words and phrases kind of connect with certain people as you get more specific. And if you can do that on your website or with your marketing message, um, that's gonna, you know, and they come to your site and they're gonna say, okay, this feels like home. This, this finally feels like the solution that I'm, I'm, I'm looking for. Um, some of the other ones that uh, I, I see all the time is, from an audience perspective, recognize that for a long period of time, they might have been going through this pain point um, and struggled with it. They might have been reading a lot of books and might have hired a lot of other coaches. Um, so just assume that they've been going through this pain point for a long period of time. So they're coming to your site, they're coming to your marketing message with a degree of skepticism uh, and saying, you know, I've tried that before, it didn't work for me. So you kind of have to, you know, Go out there and, and put a message that's forward that isn't as focused on how you're going to help them, but a little bit more focused on you know, what, what are their pain points right now and how can you get them uh, to the other side uh, of that and what does that life look like uh, for them um, in particular. Mm-hmm. I think that's an excellent point. And I know in my experience, I've had some really terrific clients who they had worked with a coach before. Now, I heard a great analogy used that if you are selling cars, it's a safe assumption that the person who's coming onto the lot to look already has a vehicle or they've bought a vehicle in the past. The odds are good that they are not just walking everywhere on foot 
or by bicycle. It's possible, but you want to assume that they already have a car. So, I mean, one of the objections that I've gotten from time to time is, well, I've used a coach in the past and it didn't go well, or I'm working with a coach right now and I'm not sure I want to take somebody else on. So I, what you're saying is is definitely resonating with me and it's making a lot of sense. So that that's a very good tip I want to especially highlight. Whenever you are on a call or you're speaking with a prospect, it's good to assume that they've been dealing with this pain point for some length of time and it didn't just start five minutes ago. Yeah, I think the key thing is a lot of coaches want to focus on, you know, like what is that, you know, like recognize that certain people don't like actually going through the process of coaching. So let's mm-hmm. focus on, less on that. So think of it like, okay, you're going to, you're going to go on this dream vacation that you've been looking forward to for a long period of time, but it takes a long plane flight to get there. Are you going to really be excited about sitting on that plane flight for 10 or 12 hours to get to that destination? Or are you going to really be focused on getting through that and ultimately getting to your, you know, that destination that you really want to. So in your marketing message, you have to be talking about the actual, vacation destination mm-hmm. that you're trying to get these people to rather than kind of that, you know, the, the nuts and bolts, of, you know, for a lot of coaches, there might be a lot of hard work in that, but in your marketing message, if you focus on that, you're going to turn a lot of people away. That's, that's not to say that you're going to be, uh, you know, that, that you're, you're going against that, but you really just kind of have to put the focus on, mm-hmm. you know, getting through that process and getting them to that key benefit or that destination that they want to go to, uh, to get their curiosity, to get them paying attention. And then, you can fill in those details, you know, as as you go through and build that relationship on a on a discovery call and things like that. But um, you know, put put the hope and destination first, uh, and then kind of work in, and fill in the details from there. Mm-hmm. So, if any coaches are listening to this episode and you'd like to leave them with one free tip or hint to take with them today, what would that be? Yeah. So you know. Think about your business, your unique perspective, your unique approach is what's going to differentiate you from all the other coaches out there and embrace that. And don't just try and copy uh, other coaches' processes or you know what they've done to be successful. You kind of have to find your own process and you use your unique approach and personality to really differentiate yourself. And, and don't just do it on price. Um, you know, think about your unique pro- you know, process and, and how you can get there and, and put that out to the market. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. If someone is listening to this in the coaching profession and they would love to know how to connect with you, even if they are not sure how to say Sakansky correctly, but they're like, Brian, I can remember Brian and I want to find him online right now. Where should they go? Yeah. So go to mindsetcopy.com. Mindsetcopy.com. Excellent. Well, Brian, I appreciate you taking time out of your day to be my guest. I appreciate it. Thanks very much. Thank you. Thank you for joining me on today's episode. Again, our guest was Brian Sikansky, and you can find him online at MindsetCopy.com. If you haven't already, please take the time to subscribe to the podcast and leave a review for us on iTunes. I'll see you in the next episode.